Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's November seventeenth, oh, November seventh, twenty twenty-three. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. So, um, okay, Walt, say hello to everybody. <laughs> hello, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. We hope hey. to have something entertaining to tell you. And give us an update about your mom. Oh. Well, she's uh, she's recovering because uh, as she's doing more exercise and using more of her body, she's little by little getting back her energy. Her uh, the what passes for a doctor in that place really pissed me off. I kept my mouth shut because like, oh, you have to think in terms that she's 85 and maybe it's time for her to put it in a nursing home. And I said, oh, yeah, right. Tomorrow I, I'll do that. Sh- sure. Uh, she, she's she's not an invalid. She just she's just recovering after three weeks of being in a bed, and therefore she has l- poor, uh, little uh, physical energy. And she's recovering as she she's exercising, but that doesn't mean it's time to put her in a nursing home for heaven's sake. So that yeah. that that really pissed me off. <laughs> what, what, what was he saying that she had uh, outlived her expiration date? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> exactly. Was this a a young person? Uh, uh, He's way older than me because he's bald and all his hair is gray, so he's way older than me. So So he's one of those. People who get over 50, except for him, need to be in nursing homes where they can be controlled. Yeah. Oh God! No, he's just one of those um, doctors that somehow or other lost his soul. Yes, I agree with that. No. Oh, 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 see, I agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Not with everything. Not with everything. Not with everything. No. <laughs> anyway, we were we were talking before we came on air, and I said something, and then. Nancy said, Dolly, have you ever agreed with everything somebody has said? <laughs> Not really. So that's what made me laugh. Well, that's why Stan finds you irresistible. Well, he did, well, yeah, he, ha- uh-uh. he did say that many times. I like it. your independence and your strength in the situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of a kind dolly we were talking about that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> Nancy said thank god there's only one over her <laughs> the world could take two so, so what would you like to uh, to discuss here I know you've got a list but is there something that maybe Walt 
You got anything besides, you know? Well, you have. Uh, we do have lots of things because uh, you have uh, Dolly's list. But I don't know if you want to read Matthew before reading the list. I don't know. It's oh a, yeah. You're, you set up the uh, sequence of events. Well, yeah, I I went through it. I mean, I scanned it. I didn't take the time to, you know, really study it. But you said it was depressing. Uh, well, I, uh, I found the message depressing because of this. Very few positive things because he's describing this is happening and this is happening. And I said, oh, my God, this is this is looking so depressing. But it, it's just my personality. That doesn't mean that the message is depressing. It just it depends on how you you're uh, taking it. That's it. Okay, yeah, so well, maybe you need to read it so we can talk about it. Yeah, and, no problem. And uh, make it so it's not so depressing, but we'll see. Let me go look for Matthew books here. I, 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 honor, I honor his mother, you know. I mean, she's, I believe, is just turned 90. And she's still doing this work after having a heart problem that caused her to get a pacemaker. And yet she's still putting all this stuff together. Mm. Bless her heart. Yeah. Bless her soul. Do you, well, she's probably past her expiration date. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily uh, Matthew's there to say no she hasn't <laughs> anyway you got it Walt? yeah I'm looking at I it po I posted it in, in chat so okay all right uh, November 1st 2023 uh, with loving greetings from all souls at the station this is Matthew the Illuminati cause death and devastation wherever it fits their agenda this time it is israel and the object and the objective is to destroy palestine and secure jerusalem <clears throat> as the illuminati headquarters in the middle east this isn't an isolated event in their minds it is another step toward world domination benjamin netanyahu who was in the illuminati ranks before becoming israel's prime minister in 1996 was one of the masterminds of the of this unconscionable act attack uh, he never intended to serve the best interest of israel's or jews living anywhere in your world always his aims and actions have been aligned with illuminati agendas chronological events which they planned decades prior to initiation and they formed Hamas and other terrorist group, groups to assist them. <clears throat> Aided by a strong campaign against anti-Semitism and the premise that Israel needs a powerful military force to ensure its survival, the country has had dependable emotional, military and financial backing ever since its inception in 1947. However, Withdrawing the formidable defense at the border with Gaza just prior to the assault was so suspicious that Netanyahu is not getting the widespread support he expected. The Biden administrator, the administration, and a few other Illuminati-operated governments are raising the battle cry with him, but other influential voices are condemning the killing of Palestinian civilians, cutting off access to their life necessities, and reducing their homes to rubble as, just, as justification for atrocities, destruction, and hostage-taking by Hamas. 
Every person who is affected by this strategy, tra tragedy or any, uh, or any of the many other heart-wrenching Illuminati-caused traumas our Earth family are enduring is a child of God, and he feels every sensation that every soul does. We sorrow at what some of our Earth family are doing to others. The, prof the profoundness of God's agony is unending, and unending tears is unimaginable. Dear ones, <clears throat> please do not take sides in this sad situation, but rather send love light to all in your world. A tsunami of that energy's high vibrations is the means whereby violence will be ended. Retaliation won't bring peace to the region or heal shattered lives. These neighboring citizenries want to live peacefully and co cooperatively with safety for their families. They aren't enemies. They did not take up arms against each other. The fighting forces that shed blood in both countries are puppets of the darkness, being devoid of light. They are this generation's perpetrators of the diabolical ideology and activities that have been part and parcel of life in your world for millennia. We are not judging them. We are saying the peoples need to know the Illuminati, Deep State, One World Order, Shadow Government. The Cabal is real. It is not mainstream media's conspiracy theory. They are desperate and tenacious, and because they need the low vibrations of fear and suffering to survive, during this last stage of the battle between the life forces and the dark, they will cause chaos and devastation. Maybe technologically caused destructive natural disasters, produce a holographic invasion of monstrous alien, or send mind-controlled individuals on mass killing sprees. Some of you think space family members will bring the Illuminati to justice. Extraterrestrials have resisted Earth in a multitude of ways throughout her history, so that thought is understandable, understandable, but it is not part of the divine master plan, which does permit members to step in and manage situations beyond the capabilities of Earth's civilization. For instance, they established a powerful light grid that prevents low vibratory civilizations from entering your solar system. Powerful distant civilizations beam the massive light that saved the life of the planet and ET special forces have prevented the detonation of nuclear warheads and missiles. Crews in mammoth spacecraft near the edge of your solar system banished malevolent fabricated forms with intelligence and they dismantled technology intended to capture mines on Earth by interacting with 5G installations. Universal councils that set standards for the civilization's interactions would not sanction killing 90% of the Earth's population, an Illuminati goal of long standing. They cannot have a third world war. They started World War I and II and made vast fortunes by selling war machinery to both sides in both wars and they cannot fabricate and release more lethal viruses. The councils that hold that the reign <clears throat> of darkness on the planet is over, for, is over for once and for all, and the wealth of assistance does not include action 
that is within Earth's residents' capabilities. Taking legal action to prosecute proven evildoers is the people's responsibility. Uh, I, okay, um, the statement makes sense, but I need to ask Nancy a question regarding this statement. Taking legal action to prosecute pre proven evildoers is the people's responsibility. Okay, taking action where? If all the courts are corrupt and nobody is, is, is acting legally or sanely, where? Where do you take action to to prosecute evildoers? That's my question to you. If maybe you can answer, maybe not. Maybe I'm just talking out of my my side. I don't know. Well, the, the it, it's it's actually happening hmm. um, because yes, you have to prove that there is a problem. Apparently, people you know are really kind of brain dead, and so they can't understand why some of us think that the Biden family is totally corrupt because they're taking money from China and putting it into a, an account that has no money and then that goes to one of the Biden families and then out of that comes 10% that's sent to Biden. No proof, no proof, scream the Democrats. Well, there's a lot of proof. There's a lot of and the, <clears throat> and the reason that you want to be able to understand that is because then you can see the cover-up. Uh, Hunter was the one that had the key to the castle and they spent five years dicking around until some of the um, cases against him that could have been brought up and the IRS and other people in the FBI said, you know, we need to do this. Well, it wasn't done. <clears throat> so you're in a situation where the, the fabric of existence depends on people beginning to truly see the evil that what Trump has been saying before, even before he got into office is true. So when we look at the Trump indictments, of which there's like 99 of them or something, and you got four cases going on, you can see the stupidity, absolute insane stupidity of these cases. So they wouldn't believe, they weren't believing it. So now you orchestrate, whether you're doing it from metaphysical side or you're doing it from a, a covert operation to have all these indictments come against Trump so that one by one Trump can win. But people will see that it's all you know, just was politically motivated. The one that's happening now, the one in uh, New York, and that judge we were talking about is that New York judge that the attorney general, <clears throat> whatever her name is, she, uh, she, she, she's, she was elected saying she's going to get Trump. He's a judge that was elected. And so you got two elected people that don't have to, you know, talk to the Attorney General of the United States to make decisions or to be doing the right thing and then somebody come along and say you can't do that. You know, there's none of that happening. This is just two elected officials, whether they're being prompted to do this or they're just stupid and they're trying to do it for whatever nefarious reasons that they have. But the 
the court case is absolutely blatantly stupid. So you have a situation where Trump has been brought up on civil charges. This isn't even a criminal court. But the judge decided the verdict without a jury, and he decided it before he had heard the evidence. So now they're in the phase of it where he's been he's been found guilty by this judge for fraud in his real estate uh, transactions. Now, <clears throat> what 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 kind of fraud did he commit? Well, he put pricing on his properties and got loans based on the estimate of what the properties were worth. And this judge has decided that in particular Mar-a-Lago, which I think was at, I don't know, 18 million maybe, that that was way over what it's worth, 18 million. Well, no, the actual estimate of Mar-a-Lago is in excess of, you know, $50 million. It, it's one of the most expensive places in the world, Palm Beach, and this is one of the biggest pieces of property in Palm Beach. And it, right on the intercoastal in the ocean, I mean, it's like in this perfect place. So that's just to give you one example. But what they want to do is that they want to uh, give him a penalty. This is a penalty phase. And in this penalty phase, they're actually trying to take his license away in New York and force him to forfeit the buildings that he owns in New York. It's never been a court case like this. No precedent. And the judge has already decided that he's guilty and he just has to decide what the, the penalty is. So Donald Trump, his two sons, and tomorrow or the next day they're going to have Ivanka also up on the stand. But he went up on the stand. You, you're not muted, Malt. When he went up on the when he when he went up on the stand, the judge would ask him a question, and as Donald Trump's lawyer pointed out, that real estate is a tremendously complicated and complex state to state of affairs to try to get through. Donald Trump is one of the most successful people in the world in this business, so. You might want to listen to what he's saying. You asked him a question, or he asked a question, and he begins to explain, you know, whatever it was. And this judge would say, all right, that's long enough. I don't, you know, we, we don't have to keep going through this. And, you know, the, the lawyer stood up and said, you've got to let my lawyer, my, my client, um, finish his statements. And the judge said, I don't even want to hear what he has to say. So this this case is absolutely not going to go anywhere. He's probably going to, you know, find him guilty and try to take everything away from him. But on appeal, it will be thrown out because that very statement. As a matter of fact, the lawyer said when he, she heard him say it, she leaned over to make sure that the transcript, they apparently got a view of the transcript that's being made as it's being made. And to make sure that that had hit the transcript, that it was on the transcript, because she knew right then and there that, she, you know, this is going to go to the appeal court. And based on that one statement, it's going to be thrown out. So all of these, this is just what I'm going into this to show you how stupid, how stupid this is. But it gets even even more bizarre 
Because if you're going to go into a court, you're supposed to have a victim, right? Well, all of the banks that were supposedly defrauded by the Trumps, they've all said, we didn't lose any money. We made money. <laughs> so there's no victims. So he's been found guilty of defrauding banks that say that he, they weren't defrauded. And still it was brought up. And they're spending millions and millions of dollars of his money and others, you know. So it's it's an ab absolute travesty. And that's why now Trump is uh, leading by a lot in, this, in six very, very important states. They call them swing states. And they either go, you know, Republican or Democrat. They, they swing back and forth. But those are the states that actually end up being the core of whatever results there are. And he's now leading in those. And um, the question is, is well, if he was found guilty on anything, would they still support him? And I got to figure, yeah, at this point in the game, they're going to support him. Why? Because he told them that this is what how they operated. You know, that they were politically motivated in so many ways, and now he's demonstrating it. So to answer your question regarding what, you know, they were saying here, is that it is being done. It's being done one court case after another of just absolute insane. Doesn't make any sense, does it? It is not the law. It's kangaroo court, Walt. So it's actually happening. And I, I think that it's, I think the chances of these bad actors to be part of the white hat operation is probably substantial. Well, I think I, I should reread the statement because initially when I read it saying taking legal action to prosecute proven evildoers is the people's responsibility. Okay, perfect. But then I'm going to re-read it, but I'm going to change the significance of the statement because taking legal action to prosecute proven evildoers, okay, this statement is referring to the judge. The evildoer here is the judge playing the role that he's playing. Exactly. It's not Trump playing, it's not uh, an, an evildoer of any kind. The the evildoer is the judge himself. Yeah. He's the evildoer. Yep. And the and the attorney general. Mm. Like this attorney general who ran saying that she was gonna destroy Trump. She's the attorney general of the city of New York. And she goes down to the court on the days that Trump is there for sure, or somebody like, you know, the boys, the, the his sons. She goes down there and she sits in the back of the, the wherever, where they call it, the, you know, jury hall there, what do they call it, courtroom, and just sits there and doesn't have, she's not trying it. She suppose, you only think she might have something more to do? It's everything about it is so absolutely in your face stupidity or just malice or somebody's putting on a, a, a show to show the American people in the world what the United States has come to. Continuing, awakened and awakening souls 
want to know what is true and what isn't. And it is important that they know where to access factual information. If the opportunity arises, or better, fashion an opportunity, refer soul searchers to internet sites and books you know offer what they need and are seeking. This is part of the mentoring aspect of your mission, dear ones. We have explained the directing of energy streamers via thoughts and intentions, and we need to give more emphasis to the power of intention which emits vibrations separately from those produced by the action itself. A benevolent intention with a positive outcome produces vibrations at the top of the frequency spectrum, and a disastrous outcome, which is the intention of the action taken, produces vibrations at the low end. When an intention is benevolent, but action goes awry, the high vibrations of the intention overcome the low ones of the action's result. A simple example is, you take a beautiful bouquet to a sick neighbor to lift his spirits. You didn't know she has allergies to the flowers, pollen. Now those are adding to her misery. The high vibes of your good intention overcome the low ones of the unfortunate effect of your thoughtful gesture. The intention of the Illuminati's counterattack in Gaza is to cause massive death, injury, fear, and extreme hardship for survivors. And Israeli defense forces have been ordered to cripple Palestine to irredeemable status. The rock bottom vibrations of that combination added to the vibrations of everyone who is suffering hang like ominous storm clouds on Earth's horizon. Dear family, the intensity of your light will help dispense, dispel those vibrations and end this dark night of the soul for Gaia. The same help is coming from the empathy, courage, compassion, sharing, kindness, hope, honesty, forgiveness, love's glorious ingredients that are soaring through the world. We want to stress the importance of hope, a strong sense of hope not a feeble feeling that borders on doubt, but gut-level strength hopefulness is the motivator to try, try, and try again until efforts are rewarded. Hope keeps the potential of success alive while perseverance is manifesting it. Question. If the oneness of all is soul-level knowledge, how can it be that lightworkers know that, but other peoples don't? Universally, most people do know that at this stage of our civilization evolution, there is still little conscious awareness of information that is commonly known elsewhere. They are seeing third density situations more clearly by the day, but the connection to soul level knowledge is just starting. The stultifying of many souls' intelligence capacity came when puppets of the dark forces put into dormancy 10 of the 12 DNA strands of weak, inexperienced civilizations. The intention was to make those people easy to control by inculcating in their minds the belief that they are inferior and need to care uh, the care and guidance of authorities. Those beliefs followed the affected souls in cellular memory from one incarnation to the next. Much later, the self-serving devious rulers of church and state devised 
God's laws and other dogma. They told the peoples they are sinners, and depending on how obedient they were, when they die, they will go to either heaven or hell for eternity. No one believes it is. No one believes in is his reality, regardless of how far from the universal truth that belief is. Believing dire-sounding religious teachings created fear, resentment, anger, deception, guilt, stress, suspicions, vengefulness, obsequiousness, envy, jealousy, obsessiveness, self-righteousness, and a sense of pure doom. Often those feelings led to dreadful behavior and perpetuated the darkness. During those long, long ages before Terra was called Earth, the planet became known as an exceptional schoolhouse where souls could learn to properly deal with emotions and evolve from third density to fourth spiritually and consciously. The planet became a, mer a karmic merry-go-round because most who flocked, who flocked there came, came from civilizations with dormant DNA. That formed a veil between the people's consciousness and their soul-level knowledge and my, many needed multiple lifetimes to master their chosen lessons. Most of our Earth residents after Atlantis and Lemuria were lost have come from those weakened civilizations. That's why you volunteered to go there, dear ones. You knew then that, <clears throat> you, knew then that you have successfully helped other third density civilizations awaken. You knew you are powerful, multidimensional, immortal souls who have lived in various civilizations on Earth and many other planets. You knew you have had lifetimes in every role, relationship and lifestyle of the planet today, and you are inseparably connected energetically with all life forms in every world throughout the universe. You still know all of that and much, much more that you don't remember because you're in a 3D body in a world just now emerging from the miasma of 3D mentality. But occasionally you revisit evolved lifetimes in flashes of cellular memory, or you tap into your soul's infinite storehouse of cosmic knowledge. And always you resonate with the high vibrations of a new kindred spirit. And beloved brothers and sisters, you do not know and then experience sweet sensations you do not know now, uh, and then experience sweet sensations of gratitude and humility for being chosen to experience a noteworthy, fulfilling lifetime during which the most dramatic dynamic, dynamic era on Earth. All light beings in this universe honor you and support you with unconditional love. Love and peace, Suzanne War. Thank you for that, and I don't see that it's depressing. And I'm not, no, like I said, it was just my perception of things. I'm not saying it is the depressing. It's just that sometimes it makes you feel uh, uh, helpless. <laughs> so much crap. Well, I well, think he was giving us encouragement. He was saying, yeah, this stuff's going on, but we can beat it. We send it. Let's beat it. Love. Beat it. And beat just it. Just like we've been doing. We've been sending love blankets and uh, love around the planet Earth and everywhere. To, we did what 
We've been doing what he said to do to beat it. I thought it was encouraging, Walt. Yeah. Michael Jackson said it best. Beat it, beat it, beat it. <laughs> I didn't think he was thinking the way you're thinking. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Oh, sorry, Matthew. I apologize for Walter. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. Um, okay, so one of the things I think that should be pointed out here. The concept that was being propagated and also is still kind of being pushed is oh these ter terrible Israeli people are going in there and they're destroying an entire northern part of Gaza Gaza Giza Giza and um, they're killing all these civilians well what what's happening is that they are not doing a massive attack and bombing it's you should see all i mean 500 targets you know i mean it seems like they're taking out every building in the in the place well these are precision weapons and a lot of times what they're targeting are the tunnels they're not purposely taking down buildings unless they think that that, that this is the hamas uh stronghold but to take it even into a more strategic and specified operation, they are going in street by street with troops on the ground. If they, if they wanted to just kill everybody, they would have indiscriminately bombed every single, they could have carpet bombed it. And you go, oh my God, carpet, hey, listen, World War II. The only reason that we won World War II, well, the, one of the primary reasons, is because the Allies decided to carpet, just destroy, you know, indiscriminately different cities, including the big one, Dresden, where they actually set the whole city on fire. They wanted to take it down to nothing so that the civilians would stop fighting that they, they would just not support the war, you know, just overwhelm them. So this has been done before, and I don't remember that being uh, discussed in the Nuremberg trials. But in the case of what we're seeing in Palestine, the Israelis are using a lot of constraint. They're putting their soldiers in a lot more danger because they're in the street. And one of the Fox uh, commentators uh Trey Yentz was actually went out with the soldiers themselves and he was with you know combat forces in northern uh, Giza and he's as he's talking you can hear small arm fire they're going from building to building finding out who's going to fight them because these people are all hidden amongst the civilians and hidden under the hospitals and the schools and the playgrounds and now they're actually been showing um, entrances to these tunnels and they're using uh, bunker busters they they figure out okay this tunnel goes this far and blah 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 and then they send in uh, bombs or missiles I'm not sure what they're doing um, to take out the tunnel system itself so I see constraint. I don't think that the 
number of, yes, the Palestinians are in a terrible plight, no doubt about it. But from what the, and of course, is you know, I'm going to be this very soft voice in the middle of everything because I'm looking at it from a military standpoint, and I sure as hell wouldn't do that. I'd have bombed this whole place out if I was one of those people, <laughs> you know. Um, but what what you have is that there's not as many deaths as there could be. And if you look at the situation, you got to say, Okay, is the situation that the Palestinians and the rest of Giza and the ones that have left to go south is, uh, which is, you know, pretty horrendous. The water, I don't know if they've got water, the electricity is, I mean, everything is failing. They don't even have supplies. But there is not one Arab nation, not one Arab nation, not one Arab nation that will take these people in. So who's at fault here? Who is at fault? They, you keep, we keep talking about the Israelis and the Palestinians. The rest of the Arab nations will not take Palestinian refugees into their borders and put them up in camps so the people that are coming out of northern Giza don't have any place to stay. And the authorities, I heard it from the authorities, you know, on the ground there, that we don't have, the Palestinians, we don't have any space. We're completely overwhelmed. They're going to have to sleep in the streets. And there was a episode, well, today, I guess, in the morning. It, it, you know, it, they're, they're way behind or ahead of us. But um, they had, oh, God, there, must, there was at least a thousand people, maybe more, it seemed like, because you couldn't quite get a whole view of how many people we were talking about but they were civilians and they were walking out with um, white flags in an area where the Israelis have just taken over well if you're going to want to leave why didn't you leave before because the Hamas wouldn't let them now the Hamas is not there to stop them and they're running to the Israeli forces and saying please get us out of here so there's, I believe, and I'm telling you this because I think that what we're doing with sending the love and all of that other things, that it is making a difference. It could be a lot worse than what we're seeing. And the Israeli soldiers on the ground are, like I say, putting themselves in jeopardy to keep the uh, death count for civilians down. And uh, I applaud them for that. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, you might. You, it was a terrible, terrible thing, and um, I think that based on what I'm seeing, is that it's like, okay, we should have taken care of this a long time ago. Now our backs are against the wall. We don't have a decision. We have got to get this cancer out of this area, and so you know, it's it's a terrible thing. But I think humanity is 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 going to learn from it, but I also believe that we will learn from it because when the the dust settles, there's going to be less less destruction. Yeah, they're taking down all those buildings and stuff, but I thought about that too. If you look at what happened in World War II, the cities that the Allies just carpet-bombed and were like as bad as Giza is now in the north, they got 
the money from the Americans under the Marshall Plan to rebuild themselves. So in Germany, after World War II, tremendous treasury of the Americans went into rebuilding German cities. All of their infrastructure was rebuilt. Um, the homes, everything, everything had to be rebuilt. So we paid for it. In the meantime, the British and the French and the others that were involved in it, the Italians, they had to rebuild their own infrastructure. They won the war, but they, had, they didn't get the gift that was given to the, to the losers. So I'm thinking about what happened in, in World War II, and I'm going like, the, the Palestinians may not recognize this now, but they were living in a shithole. I mean, the buildings were on top of each other. There were wires, if you, you know, from the beginning when, you know, and now they're down and stuff. But the wires are all, I mean, it's like a third world country. But now it's an empty lot. And I think that what's going to happen is that you, the Americans are going to help the Israelis rebuild Palestine into a environment where you've got something to be proud of and to build your own economy on instead of you know and people say oh well but they they elected the hamas that was back in in uh, what was it oh six that's when the election occurred was in oh six a good portion of the population now it didn't even vote for that is so, is, th is this statement so, sorry to, st to stop you is that because i think this is a significant um jasmine put a, a comment from from bob and he says the reason why the arab nations won't take them in is because in the past hamas has tried to overthrow the government of every country that took them in yes and they're terrorists mm. you know i mean i don't i don't actually blame the arab countries you know, to be trying to protect their own countries. But, you know, those are the places that the people should be taken care of, no matter what you think or how fearful you are. You know, it's like, oh, no, we can't let them in. Those Israelis, you know, just kill them so that they don't come over the border into my place. And, you know, I mean, the, the Arabs are not... Not friendly to other Arabs. Somebody was running uh, numbers on how many Arabs have killed how many Arabs. And it was like, I was like, oh my God, they've been killing themselves forever. So that they're, you know, these are not neighbors that you would like to have. Let me put it to you that way. And it's back on the religion thing, you know. Some of them believe in this, and some of them believe in that, and some of them don't believe in religion at all, but they're willing to kill you anyway. So, well, because first of all, they're not listening to the the original message by the the prophet is oneness. That that was it. That was it. That was his original message. But all the all all the uh, what do you call it? the uh, the religious nuts they're not they're not 
repeating the message. They're repeating, oh, you have to kill your enemy, kill you. But no, Muhammad never spoke about killing anybody. His message was about oneness, but nobody listens to that. So they, they've altered the message so much so that um, who knows what the what the prophet originally said. Well, well part of this is that they've also been under mind control. Mm. You know, I mean, the people are, it, it's like the school systems in Palestine were run by Hamas. Well, you think Hamas was saying, love the Jews. No, I don't think they mm -hmm. were saying that. So you've got a lot of mind control crapola that, you know, is involved in it that um, what can I say it it's it's hate that's been bred I I just feel that we just need to full put that put the energy of love and of compassion and empathy into there every one of us we can we put out more energy of that and that's just going to but I think I I just want you to know that you know, it feels to me like it's not as bad as they're letting it, that they're putting off. That they're really doing their best not to make uh, a lot of dead bodies, unless they're Hamas. Well, look at look at the thing with uh, the Ukraine. Uh, they are telling the rest of the world how horrible the war is happening in, U in Ukraine. And in the meantime, you see all these celebrities we're going to the cities in the Ukraine. Are you insane? They're in the middle of a war zone, and you're going to, because there was no war. What was happening is they were they were attacking all these uh, centers controlled by the cabal, all these laboratories for making uh, viruses. Uh, they were emptying out all the tunnels. Where why why do you think there were so many Russian soldiers? traumatized by the horrible things they witnessed in those tunnels. They weren't attacking the population. The war had nothing to do with the common citizens. It was. It had to do with the the the, the cabal using the country for their for their own things. Yep, and it's gradually being, uh, you know, the the curtain has been pulled wide open. Let's put it that way. And now it's just a matter of saying, oh, my God, they're doing that, too. Oh, look at this. Oh, Lord. Oh, dear, dear, dear. So we're, we're in a good place. And I always feel good when I listen to Matthew because, yeah, they, they, he and uh, his mom, you know, they talk about what's wrong, but they also are upbeat. We're going to do this. I wish we'd do it faster. I'm getting very tired. <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, so Dolly, what did you think? Or you want to comment? About, oh, I'm sorry, I was into a discussion with Yasmin and, uh, who, who was it? Annika brought it up. Yeah, and Annika. Uh, I wasn't too interested in what Matthew had to say because... Uh, I, I'm glad that he talks with us, shares with us, um, but Dave has already told us that everything's going to be okay, so I kind of put that stuff, well, not kind of, I just put that stuff on the, on the back burner and don't pay that much attention to it because Dave says it's going to be okay. I don't bust over something I don't really have to. You're highly connected. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, but he shares it with everybody. It's not just me. Yeah, but he puts a caveat on it. And that <laughs> caveat is that it's going to be okay if enough people put out the energy to make it okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, know, it's not, you, you, can't just, you mean Matthew. Matthew, yeah. Yes, well, no, yes. I mean Dave. Oh, that, see, that's oh, what I wanted, clarification. Yes, I agree with what you said. So, it, you know, it, you may you may think that, that Dave has told you that, and so, okay, but unless you go out there and say, pay attention to this, because we've got to put the, the love, and we have to become part, participants. You want to sit by the sideline and, and eat popcorn, go ahead. But you're not putting in the energy that we need to make it all right. They can look in the future and see it's all right. But hey, listen, timelines shift. <laughs> you know? That's another uh, uh, comment. Timelines. Okay. People keep saying there is no time. There is no time. So then how do we have a timeline? If there is no time. Well, the past and the future and the present are happening at the same time. Right. Okay. Depending on what path you're on. Think of the timeline as a path. All of the versions of the future are there. And it depends on what path you're on as to what future you get to. So they can look and say, oh, you know... Earth is going to get through this. They're going to get rid of the dark side. They're going to become, you know, members of the Galactic Federation and, and do some amazing things in the new Star uh, Star Trek world. But you have to want to be on that timeline. In some timelines, we don't win. Okay? In some time, in timelines, it's just going to fizzle out. Why will it fizzle out? Because we're going to take enough people away from that old timeline, that old path, that dual reality thing, and build a new reality where you you have a firmer grasp of what's happening because you're not being controlled from from this from the dark side. Because I think that once human beings can get out of the control thing that they will think common sense. You know, the golden rule will become the dominant rule. Do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. We've, we've lost, we haven't, but a good portion of the uh, that alternative timeline is, um, is forgotten the, the old teachings. Love one another as you would love yourself. You know? Yeah, commandments. I mean, all of it. It's it's just like that's why I get very um, excited to see the new speaker of the house, who is so firmly can his whole life is is dedicated to his perception of common sense, the rule of law, and the rule of spiritual responsibility, and. Um, when you see people like that who are standing up and, you know, 
talking about God, talking about praying. And, and he's not specific to which God. Yes, he's a Christian. That's his God. But he's not telling anybody, you got to believe in my God. And then none of that seems to be even prevalent in him. Because there is a core solid learning that's in every single religion. It's just, you you know, it gets buried by all of the ceremonies. I mean, you know, how far away do you get from the message of Christ that you get in, in Catholic authorities? You know, I, I, I and my father are one. What does that mean? Well, it probably means that you can talk to God like Dolly does. But no, the priest, oh, no, 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 you have to go through us. <laughs> you cannot talk to God. You have to go through us. You know? So there's all this garbage stuff on it, but the core belief of, of what Jesus was teaching is what the truly, uh, truly, uh, let's say, sane people are looking at, not necessarily the, you know, if you're in, a, in trouble, ask Jesus to help you. Well, you might want to ask Jesus to help you, but you might want to also do something for yourself to try to get out of it. It's like if you want to, you know, always call in and not do anything. What's your point in life? He what helps you... those who help themselves. Yeah, there you go. Another one. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should make a list of what we should be paying attention to instead of what what kind of drives us, you know? You mean like count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. I love that song. It's very encouraging to me. Yes, it is. Because it really, gratitude is is key to so much of it. Yeah. You know, oh, so what was me? What was me? Wait a minute. You don't realize that you know, years ago they didn't have toilets. <laughs> they, yeah, they you had to have, go to the outhouse. If you had an outhouse. And then uh, they didn't have toilet paper. Right. Yeah. You, know, um, you, you, you didn't have running water. You certainly didn't have electricity. You had uh, food only if you went out and you grew it or harvested it or killed for it. Uh, you, there was no supermarkets. I mean, I look at where we're at. Every time I get into a shower, to me, this is like an, a stunning, amazing thing. That you can stand underwater and feel not only that cleaning of your body, but cleaning of the energy field. Because you've got running water. Well, for the vast majority of people on Earth, you really didn't have that ability to do that. We are blessed in so many ways. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't have to eat moldy meat. Wow, I can get it out of a refrigerator. You know, think of life without a refrigerator, without ice. I mean, it's, there's so many ways that you can look at life and get depressed. Oh, I don't have what the neighbors have. Oh, I want this. Or You can go through life like that, or you can go through life and be just so grateful that you can stand in a shower and have the warm water cascading all over your body in, in an amazing experience. 
I don't have to go that far away because <laughs> when I when I was a kid growing up in Argentina, I was born in '59. Uh, we only had to we were only able to shower once a week, and and it took hours because it, the, the heater was a kerosene heater, and you needed to you have to wait hours for the water to be warm enough to take a shower. So I, I know that I know that <laughs> I know what it is to grow up without a conveniences <laughs> my great aunt um when i was a little girl i loved going to her house at the first when i started going they had no electricity they lived out in the country uh by toledo there's a little city i think it's called melbourne they lived out there on a farm they sold their apples from the apple tree. They made cider from the apples. They sold their all the produce they grew, and they grew produce, corn, beans, yada, yada, yada. That's how they made their living. And they did not have electricity. Well, finally, the uh, electric company came down in their neck of the woods, and they got hooked up with electricity. And I went, and it was one of those turn uh, things to turn on electricity, you turn the knob, and it was just so exciting to play with that, and Aunt Lily and I would laugh about it, and she had a beautiful laugh. And then, it, for them to take a bath, they'd have to go out, build a fire, put the water in this big kettle that would take a couple people to carry the water once it's hot, and they would fill the tub up in a room, and uh, it took them about an hour to get the water ready for their tub. And to do the dishes, she had a, a pump in the kitchen. So you'd have to pump the water. And we washed the dishes in cold water. Um, and then we could wash dishes and cook and all that because you need water to cook. And um, she, they, this is the part I really hated. They had a double-seater outhouse, and you'd have to go out there no matter what temperature it was, no matter if it was pouring rain, snow blizzard, whatever. You'd have to go outside in, in the double-seater. And I was, <laughs> I was always scared to death that there were snakes in it. I didn't care about the spiders. I just was scared about the snakes. <laughs> so uh, Aunt Lily, being at her house brought to my attention as a child the uh, modern conveniences that I should be grateful for when I went back home because we had toilets that ran water and and faucets that ran water. and We had all the modern conveniences at our house. So, uh, yeah, I get very thankful for th things like that. Because I remember. I'm done. Most people can't remember and they can't even imagine. <laughs> you know? uh -huh. It's like... No, that, that's why I say gratitude and appreciation for how far we've gotten. And, um, you know, where we're going is just amazing. It, you know, the levels of healing, the levels of, uh, well, 
I, the, the, I, I, the David Icke um, uh, clip that I showed, tomorrow on uh, 5G, they're going to have, I'm going to play an hour of it instead of the 13 minutes. And they say so many interesting kind of things in that particular show. Mm. And now I can't remember what it was that I thought of when uh, we were talking about this. Because, oh yeah, okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that they got into was Lee Merritt put up three pictures. And it was a picture of plants. And what it was depicting is what a plant that is in a normal carbon dioxide environment with the oxygen and all that, what does that look like compared to one that is very low? I mean, they want zero carbon emission. Well, that'll kill all the plants on the earth. And, you know, Ike actually said carbon is the, carbon dioxide is the gas of life. So they're trying to kill us by taking the carbon dioxide out of the air that will then kill the plants. So it, this 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 whole climate catastrophe that they're doing is totally one of suicide. They're attempting to kill us all off. And we are, not we, but there's a whole bunch of people that are participating in it. And it, it's just like, Good Lord, are you, you know, but now they're waking up because it doesn't make any sense. This whole green everything, you know, the, the windmills and the all, they, they, they can't make any money. The electric cars, they can't make any money. So they're closing down the electric car things. And it's, it's like the Democrats are going to probably ask the Congress to give them money to bail out the all these companies but it's not going to work you know the companies are just like no there's no way we can make money and so it, it, it's if it's if it's stupid sooner or later it's going to break and it's broken so we're winning on a lot of lot of areas a lot of areas we just have to be appreciative of it and realize that, you know, no, we're doing okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to um, play a song. Well, just somewhere over the rainbow, because why not? An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price mysticalwares.com slash live dash auctions Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington Yes folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth after annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree. And their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, tell you I will 
and not belabor. Mystical wares. I also pick up spare parts for my lightsaber. So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi Elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balanced and stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. And welcome back to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's November 7th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. You guys are back, yes? We are back. Back. And Dolly, you want to read your list? Oh. Okay, hold on. Where is it down? Here it is. All right. So I, I, the first question was on the time travel. We already discussed that. Uh, well, let me read what I did say. Time travel, is it real? What about there is no time? Could it be that it is really dimension travel? Do you believe that dimensions can be changed by people traveling from one to another by just landing in the other dimension? I like that question. Do you? Do you believe we could change time or change events in a timeline by just uh, traveling there and landing in it? Because what what if we land in a space that was meant for something else, (coughs) but we arrived at the same time and we overtook what was supposed to be happening right there? Infinite possibility of timelines. You, you you know, just because you got a timeline doesn't mean you're taking out another timeline. It's not like that. It, it how to explain it? Um, well, I was on a timeline that was much different than this timeline, and I was asked to jump timelines. So how did that happen? Well, it's a frequency. I was surrounded in a frequency of love and light and, you know, everything was good and, you know, 
all of the bad things that we see happening. It might have been happening, but we didn't know about it. We were just doing our own thing, learning metaphysics and the keys of Enoch and, oh, I mean, just an amazing, you know, adventure. And, you know, I had my fa- my my past. I had seen terrible things and was working to make changes by writing books and, you know, then eventually blogs and stuff. But for all I knew, we were, we were good. Everybody was good to go into this new reality of heightened abilities and, and uh, expanded knowledge. And then they asked me, will you go to this other timeline? And so I did. And what was, what was the change? Well, I still had my past. It was still locked in step with what I know. I didn't, well, I mean, you had Mandela effects. I will say we had Mandela effects. But um, basically, it was still my past was there. But now I'm in a environment where no sooner do I do it than we have 9-11, and we've got the Patriot Act, and we've got war in, in the Middle East, and all hell broke loose. Because this timeline was just full of the negativity, the black hats, the darkness. It was just eating the people up, eating that timeline up. But I remember you telling you telling me that that was the, the condition when you were you were offered to come to this timeline. You had one question, but will I win? And you, and they said yes. Yeah, they didn't hesitate saying yes. But then my second question was, will I save everybody? And they hesitated and they said, uh, yes. <laughs> it's everybody that you were intended to save, I bet this is what they meant. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I was suspicious. But no matter what, what they... Even if they, well, if they had said, no, you're not going to win, I wouldn't have gone. Well, why would I go there if I'm not going to win? I'm not going there to torture myself. But uh, the question of saving everybody, it was like, okay, all I have to do is save the real people. I don't have to save all those bots and the background people. Uh, And Ike did address that question, you know, what he thought about that. So, um, yeah, timelines. So, so I had the past. Now, what was different was the present, definitely, and the future. And I suspect that <clears throat> that what I call the goody two shoes, one that I was on. I think it's probably still progressing, because yes, I got taken into this new one. And uh, but I think that a lot of people who are of that ilk anyway of seeing the good side of life, the you know truly filled with the love of God and and of other people. There are people out there like that. I think the vast majority they love their families. They want to have good kids. They you know all this good energy. I think that was still go, taking that particular timeline into the future. And I think that the fact that that timeline um, 
was able to continue to be manifested, even though in this timeline, those people have a terrible time living here, <laughs> kind of, because they see what we see. Because my sister's one of them. And I, 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 I you know, kind of try to figure out what, to, why is Mary so, in her essence and her energy, it's just such a good energy. It's just so positive. You know, no matter what's happening, it's positive. How is she managing to get through all this? And one day I asked her a question and she said, because everybody thinks that she's Miss Goody Two-Shoes and she's not with the world. She doesn't understand how bad it is. That's my sisters and stuff. You know, oh, she's so naive. She doesn't know how bad things are. No. So I, you know, I said something to her and her response, I'll never forget. She said, oh, it's not like I don't see it. She said, I just don't, I, I chose not to live it. So they're somehow or another, they can see this bad, but they can, they're dominated by the good. Well, she's, she said, <clears throat> she used a code word, uh, choice. Choice is everything. Everything. So everything. she, I mean, the, nobody, nobody can take that away. So that's, that's amazing. Because yeah. how many people use that? Oh, I, I never had a choice. I can't. I can't do that. I, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice for this. I don't have a choice for that. How many people go through life with that? As they do this wrong. They do that wrong because oh, they, they never had a choice. No. They don't, you have a choice. You, you choose not to use it, but you do have a choice. You don't like it, so you say <laughs> you're, you don't choose it because you don't like it. And then they say, I never had a choice. Well, yes, you did. You didn't want to use it. It's, it's a great defense. Not having a choice is perfect. Not in my world, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you have choices, period. It may be just one choice that you have, but you do have that choice. Whether you want to choose it or not. I learned that lesson the hard way. That's why I'm so adamant about it. You want to go on with your list? Oh, my list, yes. Hold on. I put it down. Let's see. Creating human bodies. That dude I, we were listening to, I forgot what was his name. Dr. Merritt and, oh yeah, David, David Icke. Icke. He was talking about uh, human bodies. And uh, my topic is creating human bodies. Can it be possible that people are created using DNA over and over again in a pattern with minute changes each time, and that is why so many beings look so much alike. Because to me, I see like maybe six at max different molds of people that look alike to me. Six different types in all the peoples I see. The people fit in one of those six patterns, types, looks. 
uh, I don't care what color they are. They have the same features to me and uh, mannerisms. And, uh, but yet there's something, something different about each one that looks alike to me. So, um, what's my question? Oh, am I just out in, in outfield or, or do you see the same thing that I'm seeing or something similar? I saw a program once about DNA, and there was this doctor who had gone around the world collecting blood samples from all over the world. And then he died, and the science got to a point where they could analyze the blood a lot better, and a protege of his took up the quest, and they began to do DNA analysis on all these blood samples. It was an amazing, an amazing uh, presentation. And they went from where they think the beginning of humanity is, which is in, in Africa, and they traced the how did what do they, they call markers that in the DNA from the blood, you know, you know how you take your, your DNA and they test it with ancestry and they say, Oh, you've got this much of this place and this much of that place and blah blah blah. Well that's because different parts of the world there is changes in the DNA and they're called markers and I think it only happens in the male uh, blood that the markers are easily found and definable and so they were tracing not only these marker changes but they could I, I don't even know how but they were they, they, they could follow the history of like for instance it comes out of Africa and then there's two paths that it took the DNA the people in Australia and down under that type of thing that went through you know that way and then the blood that uh, can be traced up into uh, Russia and then into the western uh, area of Europe and, and, and you know up into but, but Australians have two groups of two types of blood that don't exist anywhere else in the world, which is type N and type M. Well, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Australians, you said. Yes. Oh. Th that's why when you look, at, it's a, a very curious that when you when you look at their f photos of their faces, they are so very much alike, and their their blood group is unique to them to the. Uh, uh, Australian continent. Well, all right. Let me let me just go on with my discussion now, and and I'll come back to that, okay? Because the markers indicated that there was a slight DNA change, but when they go all over the world and they look at all these different markers, the conclusion was that every single human being has the same DNA. You just have minute changes in the DNA, but the basic DNA is the same no matter where you come from, no matter what your color is, it's all the same. It's one big happy family. Now, with the Australian situation that you bring up, um, 
Are you assuming, I mean, is this because of the Aborigines? Do the Aborigines have it, or is this something? Yeah, it's, in the uh, Aborigine blood groups, they've been able to isolate two uh, distinct groups, which, uh, you know, the, the blood types are A, A, B, A, B, O. Oh. You have the different blood groups. Okay, in the Aborigines, they've isolated group N and M. They are unique to Australia. No other people have that blood group. Well, that could be because maybe the Australians weren't of the Homo sapien line that came out of Africa. There's maybe. a lot of really strange things that happen uh, when they go back into the archaeology and the skeletons and all of that. But there's another part of it in that there is now uh, quite a bit of let's say, geological inf indication that um, there might have been some kind of a, a land mass that went all the way to Australia. So, we, you know, they can trace the, the, the basic DNA through this land mass thing. But there may just be, I mean, I think that the, I don't know that much about the Aborigine what they think and stuff, but my understanding is that they're pretty pretty metaphysical, and um, you know who knows? Maybe they didn't they didn't originate on Earth. Maybe, <clears throat> but I didn't know that. That's interesting. But the the final results is looking at everything that you know around the world with the DNA and the blood. Everything is the same. The markers hardly make a difference. So. But there's still the, the this claim of, uh, for example, the uh, Rh positive and Rh negative. They they keep claiming that uh, people that are Rh negative are not a hundred percent human or 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 uh, otherworldly. Because my father was was a RNA negative and my mother is positive, so I, I remember read people. I don't know where they get this, why the people that are RH negative, they claim they are not from here. But I don't know where that comes from. Well, there's also a connection to the, um, to the Jewish bloodline. It's like, if I, I don't think I'm making this up, that the RH negative, if you trace it, you'll find that that was prevalent in the uh, royalty of the Israelis and the, in the priests, the priests also. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? Why are, why are the Jews called the chosen people? Where did that come from? And well, been, they were the, the ser they were the servants of the Anunnaki. Because what they, that's what they had, remember the Anunnaki modified DNA and reduced it. So the slaves wouldn't be so smart and wouldn't ask questions and they would just take orders. But they need someone to run the ship. I'm not going to run the ship. I'm on top, you know. So the, that's why they, 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 they had a group, uh, the, the specified an, another cast, to say it, where are the uh, all the older professionals the ones that are uh, all the do the bookkeeping all the they do the, they do 
all the uh, uh, intellectual work. Haven't you, haven't you noticed even, I'm not criticizing, I'm not criticizing, I'm just pointing out something which is specific to certain groups. Having lived in New York for 20 years, I have observed that, that among the, uh, the Jewish people, I mean, the, they, they're, they don't believe in manual labor so much, but they focus their children on having careers specific jobs and because and that comes from the past because that's in the when the world was run by the anunnaki that's all the all the the ones that had all the professional all the lawyers all the accountants they were the they were the ones they they were the chosen people they were chosen for that task so, and so that's the, the the other the rest of the population were slaves you were just told what to do so somebody had to take, you know, somebody has to do the books, you know, so you have this, this particular group, which is focused on, you know, all the intellectual work. Hmm. Did that help, Dolly? Well, yeah, so when I see the people who, who to me, they look like the other people, uh, then I think I'm, uh, I'm... Right on, but my next question is, why can't other people see the same thing I'm seeing? Well, because you look and you see, but most people just look. They don't even take it beyond there. Oh. It's not something in their reality. Your, your brain has to be programmed to accept a certain amount of perception reality. And we've been taught that um, Asians look like Asians and uh, black people look like black people and, you know, white people look like white people. But you're not seeing those characteristics. You're seeing the overall blueprint of what it started out as, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just haven't had their... Um, the ability to es essentially perceive. Hmm. I mean, I don't see faces at all. I'm terrible like that. I don't know what people look like. I read, <laughs> I read energy fields. You know, it's like if I think of somebody, it's, it's this shape, but it's an energy field. I'd be the worst per person to try to pick somebody up out of a line out of lineup, you know. A real Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all look the same to me. <laughs> you know, so I, I I'm real bad with that, but um, it's because I'm looking at energies. That's interesting. Wow. Well, good. I feel better about that. I thought I was being just odd again. Okay. Let's see. When we... No, I don't want that one. Hold on. Strengthening ourselves and separate from the bad entities who are controlling... Oh, you skipped AI? Did you do yes, it on purpose? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I, I skipped three of them. Okay. I wanted to, because we were talking about peoples, I thought, let's just go down here to the where we can. Be, because I was listening to that David Icke thing. Um, it made me think about where I'm going with this. We can strengthen ourselves and separate from the bad entities who are controlling or trying to control our thoughts, actions, fears, etc., so that they can gain the uh, what, what, the loosh from us by controlling our uh, energies that we uh, uh, exhibit that they like to eat or feed themselves with. We can say. No, literally walk away from that uh, incident that's making that they're wanting you to go against what you're, what you are about, so that you can uh, feed into what they're wanting from you at that particular time, and never go back. You can just walk away and never go back there. Reject the thoughts that you finally determine aren't aren't ours. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I don't know if I said it out loud or was I talking. Oh, I, I'll just say it. And if I said it out loud already, I apologize. Um, thoughts that go in my head and they aren't mine. And I've always done this. I get out. You're not my thought. You don't belong with me. Get out and don't you ever, never come back. You're not welcome. I do that. So I don't let the whatever uh, being that's not good because they're trying to suck my energies away from me to make them stronger. Uh, you can say no to that stuff, y'all. You don't have to feed them. You don't have to play their games. You you be you. You keep you. Don't let them uh, buy into your energies. So I just wanted to share that. Uh, now we can go back up here to a top AI type being in charge of everything and everyone is there. In your opinions, because in David Icke's opinion, there is, not in mine. Uh, well, no, it's not entirely like David Icke was saying, in my opinion. But do y'all think there's a, a top AI being uh, who's trying to be in charge of everything and everyone using technologies and energies that send controlling thoughts and energies and feelings to us uh, so they can use us in the way they want to use us. How is it done? Is our brain in our heads or is it in a place where brains are stored and hooked up with wires? How do we get control of our thoughts from something like that? How do we defy its orders to us? Um, I would say just what I said previously, just say no. Um, but what are y'all's thoughts on that issue? Walt, did you have something to say? Uh, yes, I have an observation because you know that I, I 
I make use of human design. And in human design, when both head centers are defined, you are constantly thinking and you don't control it. it you're always thinking because that's that's your job. You're supposed to be a thinker. But when your head centers, your Ajna center, your head center, it's open and undefined, like in my case, uh, the thoughts going through my head are not even mine, so I don't have to pay attention. <laughs> that's when I get to choose. If I, if, I, if a thought is interesting, okay, I'll look at it. If it's if it's it's annoying, it's just no. This uh, this is not good for me at all. So in in for people like me, or in my case, uh, thinking is a choice. I get to choose what they think. Uh, people like uh, Anaka, for example, he's uh, listening. He's got a a, de, a defined head center and a defined Ajna center. He's his job is to think. He he doesn't have a choice. He, that's why people that have that are like that have an issue with uh, meditations. You, you know, the traditional meditation is you don't, you stop thinking. Yes, that is possible when you have an open head center and an open Ajna center. You can stop all thoughts, nothing, no thoughts. But in the case of Anaka, he can't do that. He has to, he has to have a, for him to meditate, he has to have a guided meditation. Like when you have a meditation where it says, you are now sitting peacefully on a beach and you feel the breeze caressing your face. And so the, as, the, as the meditation, as the recording progresses, it's, it's a guided meditation. And that's perfectly doable because he can't shut off his thinking machine. It's, it's always on. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the, the nature of his design. So that's that's my opinion, my observation on this on on this uh, question. I think what Ike was referencing <clears throat> that you, you've got uh, there's, he's he kind of got into the uh, breakdown, but I don't think on that thirteen minute clip. You've got your consciousness, and then you've got your brain, and then you got your subconscious. Okay, so. Is the subconscious your conscious mind, or is it your brain? The, the subconscious mind is the mind of the body, the physical body. The conscious well, that, is... That's, that's your definition of it. It is, yes. I don't because, know that it's true. Because Just because you're saying it is, doesn't mean it's true. Huh? I've I've already studied it, so I'm just I'm just being I'm just being Dolly, Walt, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm agreeing with her. Okay, <laughs> we yes. all can we all so, have our thoughts and, and ways of looking see where at it things. goes. Yeah, explore it, see see where it takes you, and you can verify. Yes, it, this this is like this. No, this is not like this, and just ex explore it. See where it takes you. That's well, that's, he, 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 talk, <clears throat> he talked about that, too. You know, he said, just, he said, just be, don't worry about meditation. Just sit there and just get quiet and see what happens inside your brain. He said, because pretty soon you're going to be having a conversation or your brain is going to be doing something and you're going to get involved with it. He said, who the hell is thinking? Am I the thinker or is that the thinker? 
and it, it is kind of a profound question, you know. Well, but for example, in my in my case, uh, since I ha I see things through the human design system, for example, uh, Edgar Tolley, who wrote so many books about the power of not of now, he can actually do it because he has an open solar plexus. So yes, he have he can do the power of one, of now because that's his his inner his inner authority is now in the present but if for example in my case in the case of my mother she has the the fine solar plexus she has no power in of now she actually has to ride the wave of her emotional energy in order to know what is the right answer for her so there is no truth for her in the moment she actually has to ride that energy so it, it his books are useless for her because she, she can't ac access that information. She has no truth in the moment. She actually has to ride the wave of emotional energy. And now there's nothing wrong. She's natural in her way, and he's natural in their way. They're just two different ways because their bodies have a different definition. Nobody's wrong. It's just different. The, 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 there's different definitions for the body. The body is quite complex, so yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're talking about a design that you got with birth, okay? Let's talk about where we're at now, and where we're at now is that if you do that, and I do that all the time, I, I'm continually analyzing what I'm thinking, and I suspected that it was from being dyslexic, because in a dyslexic physical brain, you've actually got two pathways of signals coming into your brain simultaneously and that's why it's it's really fundamentally easy to get some kid out of dyslexic behavior or, or you know looking at reality that way um, by re reinforcing the the primary one the one that they want you to use well and there's also another option for you you you've been taught to see it this way that you have you're, you're dyslexic and you have this condition. What if there's nothing absolutely wrong with you? It's just that you are not tied with the with the third dimensional definition of time. If your con your consciousness is on a fifth dimensional time, then you would be perfectly normal. There is no there is there is no the uh, dysfunction with you because it. In 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 a in a fifth dimensional system, there is no there's no there's no um, slavery to time. You could be in the past, you could be in the present, and you're perfectly normal. I had this friend of mine, <laughs> as I was saying, whose daughter was um, she was told that the daughter was dyslexic, and that they would be able to cure this. And I said to her, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Because when you're, you've got these, it's like having a parallel computer in your head instead of a analog type thing, you know. I mean, it's just like much more sophisticated. And I'm not saying that that makes me better. I'm just saying it gives me an opportunity to do things that other people may not be able to do, which is to uh, use one of the pathways to actually analyze what the other pathway is doing and thinking. And so I can 
see where I, I know what my patterns of thinking are and I know the frequency. So I, it, when, when I'm getting a thought in my head that I know is not being done on the other side and, you know, what, what, what level are you looking at it? I think that there is a predominant side that allows me to kind of look at the situation. Um, but, but the thing of it is, is that anybody can do this to you, you have to feel who you are. You have to analyze your own thinking. Now, I think that I do it from a, a perspective of, like, like I say, two systems working semi-together, but coming to a certain, well, because they're just separated, you have a slightly different perception on things. Um, I was blessed with that, as was a number of my siblings. So you see things in a different way. It kind of keeps you from ever being put into a box because you're always looking at it you know, in two different ways at least. So, but everybody can do this because what you want to do is, is it's not just a matter of being dyslexic and having a pathway in your head that they can measure, they can see, they can test. It's the concept that we are dual beings, we're spiritual beings, and we're this body being. And so when we think in terms of the brain, just associate that with the body. It's part of the body. Whereas our consciousness is complete energy. And the way that you think about that is how is it when you go into surgery, the anesthesiologist puts you into a, essentially a state of death. And yet when he revives you, of, takes the drugs out of your system, why is it that your consciousness is there? assuming you haven't had some kind of brain surgery where they screwed you up, but your consciousness is there. Well, where does the consciousness exist? You know, does it exist in the area of the brain? Does it exist in the area of the heart? The problem is that we're too hooked up with this business of our identity. Our consciousness is everywhere. There is no, there is no, there's no place in space where our consciousness is not. The problem is that we're, we're so <clears throat> used to being tied. Oh, I'm this body. I'm the no. We're so we're so hooked hooked into this business of oh, this is my body. This is what I am. No, this, you you can understand it best. <clears throat> you have a body, but you're not the body. You have a mind, but you're not the mind. Your spirit is beyond all these things. And we've forgotten that we're we're so tied to this identity that we are this body that we we forget we are not. So why are you tied to this? We're tied well, but that's the way we've been programmed forever since all oh, the, the the you have this body and you have this brain. No. Well, for, look for example, our friend Dolly, didn't she die legally i mean that wasn't she officially medically dead and here she is talking to us well the reason for that is that yes you're right your consciousness is not uh locked into uh let's say space and time in a certain place there, there's this little place it's a bubble and it's your consciousness it's an energy field and the reason that we have the consciousness is that for every human being you have a unique energy signature so when you have an aha moment 
a, oh, wow, that's important. I get it. When you have that kind of, of a energy shift in your own body because you've come to some, whoa, you know, realization, that has your signature. But it's also because of quantum entanglement immediately uploaded or is becomes part of, I don't know how you to, to frame that work, how to frame that picture, but it becomes part of your consciousness that is everywhere. It's like, it's an energy universe. And we in that energy universe are electromagnetic fields that have been created because of experiences that we've had in different bodies, in different uh, times, in different places, in different universes probably. All those experiences are all tied together by the quantum field of that individual uniqueness that we all, that each and every one of us are. And yet we're part of all. Because that each and every one of us with this conscious energy field out there is affecting all the other energy fields. That's why you see the ability of humanity to make massive changes. And they've done this. The Heart Institute has done a number of these these studies. But where you put like, I remember the one that was 7,000 people came together and all their, they, they focused on during a short period of time, 24 hours maybe, I, th I don't think it was, maybe 48 hours. Maybe it was longer than that, but it wasn't more than three days. But to focus on peace and, you know, just peace all over the earth. And during that period that they were active, there was actually a massive decrease in violence and all sorts of trauma that the normal day would have a lot of. And on these, this in this particular time, there, there wasn't any. They don't want to tell you that, that that's how powerful. 7,000 people, and there's 7 billion on the earth. But it's because it's focused energy. And so that energy goes out into your specific field of energy, your, your whatever shape it is. I'm not sure what it is. It probably uh, looks like a buckyball. But your, your energy field out there is vibrating and changing for every time you have an aha moment. And that energy is then affecting everybody else. So you can make massive change from the standpoint of just realization and also, you know, imagination. And the ability to think that there is nothing we can't do. We just have to get to a place where we can imagine ourselves doing it there's no limitation but that uh, leads into what uh can i interrupt yes absolutely um that leads uh, me to where that david ike was saying how uh we can control like uh our health he said he he had for example he has a speech that he has to do next Tuesday, but he's not feeling so good. So he says, he threw his, put his hand down. He says, nope, next Tuesday, I'm going to give that speech with no issues whatsoever. He, he's he's going to feel good. So I am putting that to test because I like that. 
So my eyes, I have macular degeneration. They have been getting worse lately. I have blind spots. Uh, I can't see in semi-dark even anymore. And I have decided by next Tuesday, my eyes are going to be 2020. And um, as I am awake and thinking every day, my eyes will be getting better and better and better. And so far, my left eye today was really, really bad. So far, my left eye is pretty peachy keen. I have a blind spot, uh, uh, but it's not like it was. So I'm going to be able to report back to you all next Tuesday and tell you it worked. Well, you know, you're you're making a, a, a statement that I find very intriguing. You're saying that you're going to project it into the future, that yes. this is going to happen. Now, yeah. as, and it's happening right now as I'm breathing. You're going through the process. Well, yes. um, if you listen to a lot of energy healers, they'll talk about that you don't want to say, uh, I'm going to be healed. You want to say, I'm healed. And so I've been doing this, and I, I started questioning, I said, you know, this just doesn't make any sense to me because it's not working, for one thing. Uh, you know, and I said, no, because you have to go through a process. And I, I'm thinking this all in my head here, and now you've brought it up. It's a process. So I think that if you're out there and you're trying to do it, I'm healed right now. Right now I'm healed, you know, and, uh, you know, the pimple on your face disappears. I That's not what we... Well, we've been programmed to accept as being reality. And maybe in the future that, that's true. But right now, I think you have to do what Dolly's saying she's going to do, is to project it into the future, uh, realize that it is a process, that you're going to get better and better and better, so that, you know, on that date, boom, you're going to have perfect eyesight. Um, yeah. I really think that, that that's an important let me say, mm, tweaking of this manifestation concept. And I it's do mainly, too. Yeah, it's mainly because I'm not seeing a lot of instantaneous things, even though I'm firmly convinced it could be. And that's because, again, no matter how right we are in a given thought, we can't make it reality if we can't get other people to see it too. Because if everybody's going around saying impossible, 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 you're going up against a lot of energy that's just going to, you know, erode your good intention, let's say. You, you know, it's it's a matter of energy. It's a matter of how energy interacts with one and with other fields. Well, that was proven by that uh, Russian lady. Um, I, I forget the, the last name. Her name is uh, Galina. Uh, I saw the black and white films that were done in the 60s where they would put items in a sealed box the box is transparent but she was able to move uh, by uh, she would approach the box she wouldn't touch the box she would approach project with her energy with her hands and the uh, objects inside the box would react 
to the position of, of the hands. So she was actually moving them with her uh, the energy that she was projecting. But here's a, an interesting tidbit, is that she was successful as long as the people that were observing her were ag agreeable to the, to the test. If they were very skeptical or they didn't believe in it, she found it close to impossible to do anything at all, no matter how much effort she put. So their energy was affecting her energy. The, yes, the absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That, I mean, I came to that conclusion because... I wasn't getting my way. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you stand in my way? Yes. It, well, yes, but, you know, I have this philosophy. I don't need to be right. I need to know. And so if it's not working, well, why isn't it working? And again, it was the realization that because because I say that it, that it should work that way by everything I know about what I know, um, it doesn't mean that everybody else has come to that conclusion. Therefore, their perceived reality is, no, this doesn't happen. So, unless I step way, way outside of that reality, it's not going to happen. And I want to make the adjustments in the reality that I need to shift enough so that they can see the, the new reality and begin to live there. So, in order to work with it, yes, I said... It, it's not instantaneous. You have to think in terms of, you know, and, and I was really kind of like, oh, no, is that the right thing? And I'm kind of mulling it over. And then you made the statement that you did, Dolly, and I'm going like, yeah, that's, that's the key. You know, manifest a, a near future event instead of worrying about doing it instantaneously. Right. So, we'll all see you seeing absolutely you know bullseye you'll be able to shoot a gun and hit the target yay <laughs> or bow and arrow i'd like to see you pulling back a bow and arrow oh i used to uh, i used to try that because i had a friend adult friend who could do it but every time that damn string hit my elbow area and i ended up with black <laughs> on that area i couldn't get my elbow to stay turned in to where the string won't hit you uh believe yeah, me, i have no idea it. how you did that i mean i i've shot few arrows in my life i can't imagine what you're doing my problem was uh that my thumb oh that, really yeah it was well what would happen is that when i let the uh the string go the arrow very often would catch the catch my my thumb and i was getting cuts oh it was so strange and no you know it was it was like i i can't even tell you how it was happening but it was happening and it wouldn't happen every time but it would happen you know at least once and all of a sudden it's like i'm not liking this sport anymore <laughs> yeah i didn't like it either <laughs> kind of a stupid thing, you know. Too painful. <laughs> yeah, especially in your case. <laughs> no, I didn't have that. What sports did you like? I mean, did you have sports that you really got into? Well, uh, I played, um, not the sport that I would like to watch, none. But I played uh, powder puff football 
when I was in high school, which <laughs> which drove my coach nuts. He saw me walking down the hill toward the field, and he says, no, Dolly, you turn around and you go back home. He lived <laughs> right down the street from me, too, so he knew my parents. And I babysat for his kids. But I said, but Mr. Stinson, I am going to play. Well, if you get hurt, it's not my fault. Because <laughs> I was very little. I weighed like 87 pounds at that point, and I was shorter than five feet. So I was kind of little to be doing that. But I loved it. I played, and I was a safety, and I had a good time. So, uh, but I didn't play any of the others. I didn't play basketball. Oh, I played softball. Even as an adult, I played softball. I was pitcher. Um, but other than that, I can't think of any I did. Huh. Of course you were the pitcher. <laughs> Why? Well, because it's the most important place to be. I mean, position. Oh! I can see that. Yeah. I played. I was the pitcher. <laughs> I, I, I was not the pitcher, but I played every position there was. Oh, Except wow. second base. I never really played second base, but first, third, catcher, outfielder. Yeah. But we used to have, when I grew up, we had a. Uh, it was one of those residential areas that were built for mainly veterans after World War II, so all the houses were sim similar, you know. And there was um, this vacant lot that we would play baseball. Oh, my God. Virtually all year round in the, playing baseball, except when it was snowing. And then we would go sledding. Yeah, we, we were active. <clears throat> How about you, Walter? You didn't like sports, did you? Well, I, I didn't like sports because I, nobody liked to teach me. Uh, in, in Argentina, when you have uh, when soccer is your national sports, unless you're born knowing, c coming out of your uh, your mother's body, forget it. Nobody wants to teach you. <laughs> okay, I like. For example, my last attempt was in in high school. I started uh, asking. I didn't know the rules. For example, okay, how are the r rules of soccer? And this guy started explaining to me how the, the the ball moves. And then another one cut in to the conversation. And they started talking. And they started arguing with each other. And I'm looking, how good is this sport? All, all it helps to do is for people to fight. So I walked away from that. And they and I guess they're still arguing. Okay, <laughs> so, we're at the, we're at the end. We're at the end of the show. Good um, night, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Dolly. Good night, y'all. Don't I mean remember to do love blankets. Yes. Thank, thank you for being here. Thanks, Nancy, for producing. Thanks, You're Walt, welcome. for being thank, here. Thank you for being here. Good night, everybody. Listeners. Be safe, everybody, and um, here we go. Preaching. Listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.